Talking of artistic integrity, <laughs> why don't we talk about Do Not Bend and, um, and now I'm going to have to <clears throat> Viva La Difference. Okay. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you that pronunciation of it, Sean. Hey, that, that, do you know what? I think that's a direct quote. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. L- let me put it a different way. Vive la différence. How about that? How does that sound? Does that sound sexy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is is that where we start? Do we leap forward to two thousand and three? Is that what we do? Or are we missing yeah. stuff? Welcome back to the Consequences podcast with Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy. As we come on to talk about um, Do Not Bend, I mean, the gestation of that, I'd like to sort of share a a really prized, valued kind of moment that I, I had, you know, that I still look back on as um, such a, a thrill for me, which mm. was the opportunity to um, interview Eric first time around for the first edition of the book, which after various attempts to um, to line it up, you know, the date came and um, um, actually Eric gave me the best part of eight hours mm. um, for that for that day, driving down to see him um, we did the interview in his home studio, which was, uh, you know, a really impressive outbuilding on the in in the house that he was he was living in. And we kind of sat behind the mixing desk and um, you know we did the interview for the for the book, literally going through it from the you know, the mind benders period through through you know each stage. Um, and one of uh, and that was a great highlight, you know, just for me to have that experience, and obviously then for him to have a guitar on hand to sort of lean down and pick it up and you know show me certain chords of and explain how certain songs have been written you know was was such a uh, fantastic experience but one of the one of the things that um i also got the opportunity uh to do was listen to some tracks that he was working on at the time for what became do not bend mm. um and i think it's important you know to, to say i think that you know during this period i think eric was making music but he's really you know my in my sense making music predominantly for his own you know his, his own enjoyment yes. and satisfaction um because there's lots of other things he's doing in his life outside of music and this is such a sort of um you know something he's doing as a i wouldn't say a side project but it's not the focal point of his of his life in the way that it was mm. and um he taught me about this friend of his, Vic Norman, who'd uh, at the time recently had his 30th, I think 30th wedding anniversary had come up. And um, Eric, as a present, had decided to sort of write a song for him um, all about um, Vic and his wife and, you know, how strong they were together and everything else. Um, and he called this song The, the Norman Conquest. part two which made it onto the album so this is this is um march 1998 when we're having this conversation so to 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 be in the studio listening to um you know an unreleased eric track from from that album you know was was again such a such an amazing experience of course Uh, 
at the time. I think what happened out of that was Vic Norman wrote back, because I think what Eric did, he recorded it, put it onto a CD, designed a little cover and gave it to him as a sort of a, as a, as a, a wedding uh, gift. And I think Vic had written back to him or said to him, look, this is fantastic, you know, you should release it and everything else. And I think Eric then had this this idea from that to create an album that was really about um, friends, friendship in different ways. And, and the working title for for many years was My Dear Friends, was what the album was going to be called. It, you know, in the end, it, it, it switched um, fairly late on. But from that period, I guess, from from March 98 through to eventually Do Not Bend coming out, um, you know, Eric's working on those on those pieces in his in his home studio. I think I would say um, special mention also to um, Jilly Hewer at this point, who's uh, Eric's assistant. Yeah. And I think Eric and Jilly actually were very active um, around, you know, if you remember, if you were ever lucky enough to see Eric's website when it was up and running, you know, at the time it was it was. You know, it was pretty, uh, you know, advanced for what was available in that in that right. early period. And I think with Jilly's help, um, and they started to then these songs started to form. I think um, they decided to, you know, basically set up their own record company, which became, you know, Strawberry Sound Soundtracks, mm-hmm. um, which again was a pretty, you know, a pretty advanced thing to do at, at, the, at the time. Um, but I think Eric then carried on with that until he got to a point where he decided to get a few other musicians in, involved, and then uh, and then recorded all the backing vocals on on Dave Gilmore's uh, Houseboat, where as you as you know he's got a, a, his own studio where he records a lot of stuff on there. So people like Sam Brown came in and and added those backing vocals. But the gestation of the album, I think, was one that was very much about Eric working in his own time, yeah. um, no deadline. Um, no agenda, um, just enjoying um, the opportunity to, to make music. Um, I guess to his own, uh, you know, to his own standards. Largely working by himself for the first. Well, I guess you know he'd obviously worked on Fruity Rooters a lot by by himself, but there's still other musicians like Paul Burgess involved. Um, but I guess ultimately it comes out as Do Not Bend. Um, I think in the early part of, of uh, 2003 when that album comes out. But it's just a personal highlight for me, and, and it's an experience that I always look back on um, as something that I'll, I'll always treasure that opportunity to listen to, to some of these tracks at a very early stage. I think you've nailed it actually and for me Eric's last two albums are very much to me to my ears that the work of a man who's happy in himself yeah happy in his his family life happily happy to do music as a hobby actually yeah I was gonna say hobby as well Sean mm. Eric's finding uh, a lot of joy in putting down these songs and as Liam says you know, songs about friends or for friends. Uh, yeah, they definitely have a different feel to them in terms of, you know, something that you might have expected, you know, to be released, uh, you know, in the in the realm of, say, Tennessee or, you know, some other uh, context. Um, mm. I agree. You know, I, yeah, when, the, when this album came out, I mean, there was so little fanfare about it. I mean, I almost came across it by accident because it was only... I think initially available through the fan club. And um, I remember, you know, buying it through the fan club and getting the bonus CD. But the thing that I always found amazing about it was when I first got it, um, I just was expecting something different. And this was so different than anything 
I expected from Eric. And I, I remember just struggling to get through the album, you know, the first few times. <laughs> uh, and, and I say it not to knock it, but it was a whole different album. And, um, you know, Eric, uh, you know, I, I'm glad that he still found joy in, you know, making some music. And I'm glad that he did make this available. But it's a different side of Eric, and it doesn't always agree with, you know, you know, with uh, a Tennessee C fan or an Eric fan that might expect something more in the lines up Tennessee C. Yes, and this is, this is very, very, very different from that. Uh, for me, completely, you know, hand on heart, chaps, there are only two tracks here that I'm even remotely interested in. Uh, particularly and it's not just because of the extremely plasticky production um, which yeah. is Eric very much in his home studio um, alone with Logic Pro on it, on his Apple Mac or, or whatever it is it, it, I, I think that's what the, the system he used nothing wrong with that that's what I use and I'm guilty of, of plasticky shit as well um, but it, it's very much it, it feels like Eric having divorced himself from working with other musicians and it's him kind of tinkering away you can't take it with you man you gotta let it go Eric controlling all aspects of the recording all aspects of the songwriting all aspects of you know, the record sound, everything, the production, the whole thing. And I don't know, I, I think Eric needs a band or needs mm. input or feedback from others to kind of help him make his ideas better, to help blossom them a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. I, I, think, I think he's also finding it hard to sound like himself, if you can understand what I mean by that. Mm. Uh, you know. Yeah, and and he's falling into his his usual tropes, isn't he? He's got the the reggae the reggae sort of thing of gods are smiling. He's got the the quirky blues of Fred and Disordry, um, yeah. and, and and so he's going into all of his usual kind of knee jerk things um, yeah. that we've heard and, and and commented on so many times, um, right. and 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 that songwriting style that 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 vocal meter that we've talked about before um, that he uses uh, like rapping with Eve where he actually tries a rap was rapping with Eve just the other day he's got a way with words he's got a lot to say he said I'm sick of these people gonna blow him away I said slow down baby but you guns away we've heard that sort of thing from him before but he's never done it in, in that sort of overt way before I mean I, th I think rapping with Eve is, is just really embarrassing um, but yeah. it reminds me of so many other tracks um, that, that that we've commented on and that are on these later albums where Eric's using the same kind of vocal rhythms, vocal melodies. It's, it's almost like he's... Things are funneling down to a, a kind of a, a very, very narrow vocabulary of musical styles. Yeah, um, I, I, wonder, I wonder if he's just, you know, at this point of his career... If you know, maybe he's just run out of ideas that you yes. know. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, and I was gonna say, uh, you know, "Rockin' with Eve's 
you know, rapping with these, uh, what's that, uh, you know, it sounds like uh, guitars on uh, Fruity Rudy's. Yeah, you know, the, 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 gu- the guitar licks on it, Panny, are yeah. delicious. They're fantastic. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with, with Eric's guitar chops. They're, they're fantastic, um, uh, uh, genuinely. But it, it's just the fact that he's got all these knee-jerk things, there's all the, the reggae stuff. I know We've mentioned it a million times, Mr. Decadent. It's it's a bit reggae-ish, it's a bit R&B. It's like a... I, I wrote... Um, in my notes, it's a pitiful Mr. Pitiful. There come a time when all that energy spent. Oh, my mom, you so decadent. You know, it's it's like the, the worst kind of tribute to Otis Redding you could imagine. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not doing this for effect. Do the books has got that calypso, the steel drums, and steel drums. They turn up on other tracks. I will love you tomorrow. They're there. They're on other other tracks as well. Um, we know that Eric loves that style. He loves the rhythm. He loves having been over there in the Caribbean. He, he loves that influence, and we can't disrespect that because that's his taste and that that's kind of that's got in into his soul but honestly for me there are only two tracks here that that raise the poles one is sleeping with the ghosts no definitely i mean that i i you know when i look at i probably got um Maybe three or four that, that raise the pulse, the, yeah. the, the pulse. But I think that's definitely one of them. Mm. Um, you know, I think there's something very, I think again, moving about the lyric and um, uh, around that particular song. So I think that one is, is definitely a uh, one of the favourites of mine. I think yes. the friend in need would be another one. I think maybe it's the sort of the the purest pop song mm. on the mm. on the record. But I think. Um, that one also for me is is one of the, the sort of standout tracks, and I think also um, you are not me at the end. I think you know I think is a is a good track. So I think there are some there definitely amongst that some songs that I, th- I think work work well. I think the other thing is let's not for, let's not forget that a lot of the songs are written about you know that the subject matter is about Eric's friends. So you know, Mister yeah. Mister uh, Decadent is about Alan Decadenay. Um, you know, which we know is a, was a friend, is a friend of, of his. No, no, Nettie, I think, is Nick Mason's wife, was mm. Nettie. So not, not, not that that necessarily um, uh, disagrees with anything you said, uh, Sean. I think it's just it plays more to the point that, you know, this album that, that was originally My Dear Friends, where probably Eric's writing... You know, very personal things for those people. Yes. You know, whether whether it's you know the Norman Conquest for for Vic Norman, mm. um, they don't necessarily always then land with to a broader audience. No, because uh, he's writing for a much smaller audience, isn't he now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. His mate Fred and 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 his wife Audrey. Mm. Yeah, Whereas yeah. I think a friend in need or sleeping with a the ghost, they've got a more universal theme to them. I think they they work better. They're, they're stronger songs. Heaven what the future holds We can speculate But we'll never know The past will hold you tightly You've got to break away Your life's still in limbo And you've got to find It's a little more with what I'm used to from Eric and what I expect from him. Um, kind of, It's kind of a ballad in a 10 out of 10 vein. And yeah. 
uh, it, it's really grown on me a lot, and it's got a nice, you know, subtle production. The piano, the piano playing is really good. Eric, you know, doesn't overproduce this one. It goes for a, a gentler approach on it. Um, and in, even even lyrically, I mean, uh, the narrator in the song is giving advice to somebody, in it, and I'm thinking maybe Eric was giving himself, you know, a pep talk, a pep talk after all that he had went through with the accident and everything and even though that had been you know quite a few years but uh i, I always kind of laugh at the lyric where he says you're you're like a cat caught in the headlights you know uh i think he, he should have said deer there you know a deer in the headlights but i, I like some of the lyrics uh, there's lyrics as roam with the devil and you'll miss what matters most which i think is a great lyric yeah, it has some interesting chord changes, and I agree. I think the especially yeah, at the beginning, Panny. I think the chords at the start are really engaging, and I, I yeah. like that. And even when he goes into the middle eight and he comes back out of it, going into the main melody, wow! You know, it just it's 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 got some of those Eric Stewart things that you know make it such a great Eric Stewart song, and. It's a bit. It's a bit of a continuation of "It Doesn't Matter at All," or maybe even "Don't Turn Me Away," kind of in a sideways sort of way. I agree. But, uh, but it even reminds yeah. me of "Ready to Go Home," actually. Yeah, it, and, and that was the other one too. It kind of leans on that in terms mm. of you know, yeah, you know, the topic of the song. Uh, but this is this is one of the tracks that coming back to this album, playing it again after not playing it for probably five or six years. Yeah, this is one that's really grown on me a lot. And, I'm really. I'm, this is what I'm really loving on the album. Sure. What do you think of uh, "Set in Blamange? That's one of my my other songs that I find vaguely interesting, actually. Here. Yeah. Can I can I just jump in on 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 that song particularly in the album? Uh, well, you've kind of said it. I think this would have been a charming little self-made album for a for a small private audience. Mm. And where it falls down, you've already said this. Really, is when it tries to reach further, which is understandable because Eric was proud of it and, and wanted more people to hear it but it doesn't really bear comparison to a lot of his previous work mm. um, but when you start to hear i mean hear liam give it the introduction there that sort of reminded me the origin of the album and it makes more sense um, yes i i like setting blamange it's it's about um blamange it's about a boxcar race isn't it um yeah literally set in blamange it's just a mm. just echo of the old tensy c wordplay coming comes up mm -hmm. in the title there and um yeah i like it the characters and uh, um getting the parts from mclaren or whatever it is as a bit of a plane geek i also like the fact he lists a few airplane names in there as well <laughs> batman's flying again this year he ain't got no brakes but he got no fear yeah. He loves that wall, he's gonna kiss it again. Then the bandstand is gonna sue the face. I, I like it, it's, it's quirky, Paul. And yeah, uh, yeah the, the intro's interesting. Um, and yeah. the, the cheesy lyrics almost almost help it. Um, and, and the melody, yeah, it, it does hark back to early 10cc in a kind of vague way. Yeah, I think throughout this record, we're kind of eavesdropping on a. On a, on a on a get together or a party or a barbecue or something, and you know, almost you know what I mean. Taking in that context, yeah. the songs work. Mm. But when you try and place them, uh, if you're competing against 
big players, you know, it doesn't it doesn't work. But maybe it was never intended to. No, I I, I agree. The album covers kind of give that impression as well. The fact that he's he's getting his son to to design the albums on on his PC. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Cl- with clip art. Uh, is is charming in a way. It's it's really painful and tacky in another way, but it, it's charming because it's this has suddenly become a kind of a Eric Stewart's household project, where mm. it, it's it's purely about what's important to them and their friends, their neighbours, yeah. all the rest of it. It doesn't make it more easy to, for me to listen to. I might sound like I'm defending these albums. I'm not, but I, th- I think the albums are horrible. Um, but I, I appreciate them because of where they came from, um, yeah, I, and, and and the man, you know, the man behind them. Yeah, Senator Blamange, uh, you know, when I first uh, went back and listened to it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, "Listen with Your Eyes" from Ten Out of Ten. Okay, um, you know, it's kind of a, it's a bit long, and it, and it's a bit, I don't know, the lyrics I find them to be a little bit. Uh, Wow, you know, there's a lot. It takes a lot to decipher them. It's a bit of a mess, but musically, it's not bad, and it's and it's just one of the tunes uh, on the album that kind of stands out because it just has that that's something that you'd expect from Eric. You know, um, I really can't put my finger on it. Yeah, there's a great chorus actually. If I, I'm fair, do you know yeah. the song? There's an elbow song called a "Day Like This." You know, they're, yeah, they're yeah. classic. The chorus yeah. of this reminds me a bit of that, you know, that kind of anthemic, repeated chorus. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's not bad at all. And at one point, he, he sings, "Oh nurse," and uh, yeah. and, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't shake the kind of Carry On film reference to that. <laughs> and that will always make me love oh, a true. tune. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. so I, yeah. I, was, I was won over just with that line. Liam mentioned uh, the tune uh, A Friend in Need. Um, I, I, I find uh, this one kind of grew on me again as well uh, it has a melody that's similar to uh, Yvonne's The One a mm. uh, little bit um, I, I, one of the lyrics I, I think it says uh, here's a friend here's a friend for a friend in need and a friend in need is a friend indeed friend indeed I mean <laughs> what? <laughs> well, well that's one of the oldest kind of aphorisms in the English language yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it, it's yeah. really bland it's very bland, yeah. Yeah, but I think the production of the guitar uh, on it, uh, even though it sounds a bit out of tune, it's kind of kind of interesting. And Eric seems to sing it, you know, uh, compared to some of the others, a bit more straightforward and a bit more, you know, uh, inspired, I guess. Uh, yeah. I'm no man from the north, but his philosophy is a There's a couple, you know, I, I wrote on my notes for the album as a whole, convenience of a home recording, uh, of doing home recordings in a home studio. But with that said, uh, he seems to slur a bit more on some of these songs, mm. perhaps maybe drinking too much during the sessions. Oh, <laughs> hey, Gloria. 
hey Gloria, let's have a bottle of wine or two, and then I'll go and record. I mean, I can <laughs> I can hear him kind of singing that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Why we're not? living uh, we're living in this chateau in yeah. France, and we've got a cellar full of <laughs> wine, and I've got this wonderful studio. Yeah, um, exactly. Do you know what? I'm just going to piss around in here for a bit and see what yeah. I come up with. So you c- you can't fault that. I mean, that's yeah. uh, you, we all aspire to that. Yeah, and, <laughs> I, and I did start to say, you know, when I first got this album in 2003, I really struggled to, to get into it, to really try yeah. to like it. Yeah. It wasn't that I disliked it, but it was just different from what I expected. And I'd play this maybe once every couple of years. I'd take it out and put it in the car stereo and get to about half of it and take it out again, put yes. it away <laughs> for another couple of years. And, did- but now, re- revisiting it after probably not hearing it for seven, eight years. I like this record a lot better than I did. Okay. Uh, overall speaking, I mean, there's definitely a couple great things on here. And I think Eric, uh, you know, with all the things that Liam said, which helps kind of give it a lot more sense and a lot more perspective on what it's about or what he's doing here. Mm. Uh, it does make it work a lot better than it did back in 2003 when I first got it. That's interesting. Did... Uh, did the bonus CD, Panny, yeah. did that yeah. have the same effect on you? Did you ever listen to that in the car? Yeah, Chaps, you know, uh, you, Any of your thoughts on the bonus disc? Yeah, the bonus CD, I always kind of liked the demos of the stars that show and uh, Code of Silence on there. Mm. Um the other song that's on there that is another demo is a song called Shine. Yes. Which, you know, kind of reminds me of uh, Johnny H. Jazz, you know, a tune like uh, Shattered Dreams or Scattered Dreams. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, a bit all and oatsy for me, a little bit heart. Yeah. It's pretty bland, yeah. isn't it? I mean, that's yeah. what I think we're, we're damning it with faint references, aren't we, there? Yeah. I think, I think with the slight rewrite or the Graham Goldman touch. Yeah, I, I think this could have been a better track. Yeah, so. I'm with you because it's it's actually reasonably catchy and commercial, isn't it? Dare I ask you both about that version of "I'm Not in Love"? Um. Well, it makes sense because you know, unfortunately, the original, the original, original version was was thrown out, wasn't it? Yes. So, and that was Eric's attempt to create what it once sounded like. Yeah. It's very fast, didn't we? We used it on our um, medley of "I'm Not in Love," didn't we? <laughs> we did. Yeah, we did our own kind of homemade boil in the bag version, didn't we? Yeah. And um, yeah, which was even worse than this. Not in love. So don't forget it It's just a silly face I'm going through And just because I call you up Don't get me wrong I think you got it made It's interesting that it uses that fretless bass in it too because it kind of changes the whole feel. I mean, oh. obviously, kind of done as, you know, with the Latino upbeat, Latino bossa nova, whatever you want to call that feel. Yes. And that fretless bass kind of sticks out like a sore thumb uh 
I, you know, I give them E for effort, but it's not really that great. I mean, uh, well, you you gotta you gotta give him the credit, haven't you, for writing for writing the damn thing. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, and and frankly, that's how the song was born. I I really respect his his attempt to kind of go yeah. back into the vaults and kind of imagine what might have been on that tape. But I'd rather I'd rather have heard the original. Yes. Well, I think that's. I think it's got a, an instant uh, to kind of uber fans like us. Yeah. The moment we heard it was a remake and not the original, we all kind of the the, the shoulders, you know, slunk down. So it's it, it, it. We almost by default wouldn't like the, that track. Almost. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I, I, and however much I, I absolutely adore this record more than almost every other record ever released. I, I think that this version is just so naff. It, it takes naffness right to the limit. I think much more successful, and I, I think for me the the only track on the bonus disc that that works for me is the, that kind of original demo of Stars Didn't Show, um, which it's lovely to hear Eric singing that song. We came from miles around Just to listen to yourself You made the night seem endless Yes, he was, he was always meant to sing that song, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say uh, in my notes, I, I said a nice stripped-down version of the song. Mm with Eric singing and it's nice to have that as a um, contrast to the other version. Yeah. Am I right in thinking, Panny, that we hear Graham's voice singing the low harmony there? I think so. I think he's on it too. Yeah. yeah. I think they're on it. Yeah. And that, that's it, quite it, nice of Eric yeah. to kind of let Graham grace a, a solo album of his. Well, ma- ma- well, maybe you couldn't, maybe you couldn't erase it because he was back <laughs> onto the same track. Yeah. Maybe it's just a cassette version <laughs> that he had. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it would have been, it, it wouldn't that have been one of the, uh, the meanwhile demos that they did. Right. In yeah. the summer of 1990, you know, these, these 20 songs that they wrote and demoed. I think so. Um, I mean, it's pr- probably from that from that session, I'd imagine, isn't it? So you're probably right. There probably isn't an opportunity to go back in and and remix it necessarily. Yeah. Um, but it's lovely for that, isn't it, Liam? Mm, that, that, yeah. That you, you're, absolutely. You're capturing the two of them strumming exactly. away on their on their guitars. And that 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 for me is is all all that is of interest on that bonus disc. The rest of it, um, Code of Silence. Well, you know, we've got a couple yeah. of versions of that with a. Oh, some really, really horrible reverb that he's used. An yeah. interesting kind of backing vocal where he says, run, 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 run. That's different, yeah. isn't it, from the release version? Yeah. You know what's interesting? Uh, on the liner notes, uh, it says... Uh, for this song, it says, uh, thanks to Paul and family, Linda remembered. Mm. So, Eric, mm. uh, you know, mm. that was kind of, you know, I, I remember looking at the booklet a few weeks ago and seeing that and, and forgotten about that little thing. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, 
I don't have much to say about it. I think I think the version on Mirror Mirror is much improved on I, this demo. I, I agree. I wonder if this version is is closer to what Macca came up with after after dinner in, in yeah. the house, you know, all those years ago. But for for me, the the absolute kind of the nadir of this bonus disc is is that track, yeah, uh, with that title, um, yeah. Tech Dis a Woman. I think it's more of a pop tune here, and I, I tend to like it a little bit better than the uh, the version on Mirror Mirror. Really? Yeah, and I, I, I don't know why. I think I think it's because it's just not, you know, covered with that calypso sound to the point of just drowning it like it mm. is on Mirror. Anything in between the two albums? A six-year six gap after Do Not Bend. Yeah, yeah. That's about it. I don't know, Liam. Is there any? You know, I I didn't really uh, see anything in your timeline. No, I don't think so. I think you know Eric's going back to doing what he wants to do, which is restoring houses and all that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, I, I, I do think he started work on Beaver the Difference pretty soon after. Do not bend. I mean, he, he did start on that, I think, in uh, you know, in two thousand and three. But um, yeah, I, I'm not aware of any other musical projects in between the two albums. Yeah. Okay, it, it's funny, you know, despite the fact that I, I suppose, gun to my head, I dislike both albums. There's something slightly different about about v, Viva La Difference. For me, that there's three tracks which stick out in a big way for me in that they have a real social conscience. And unlike the, the predecessor, this album does have a social con- a conscience. We have mm-hmm. songs about financial corruption, and we, obviously we, we've heard that theme before. We've got uh, a song about the homeless and the gulf between the homeless and royalty. And we've got a song about diversity, and for that reason, I suppose I have to argue in favour of the record because at least Eric's going out uh, with a blaze, isn't he? He's, he's, he's firing both guns um, and he's saying, this is what I actually think about society. And even though I don't like the songs particularly, I like where he's coming from. Different strokes for different folks That's the way the saying goes that's the way it ought to be. Don't we love diversity? The music's on this record um, as well. Yeah. It's, it's, look, it's looking outward. There's a bit of his competitive spirits back, I think, e- even though he's pretty much working alone apart from a, a drummer. A, a local yeah, he's, he's, drummer. Got, he's got his oh. French mate, hasn't he? Alain uh, Merlinger. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's it's... It's gone up a notch in energy. I mean, it, you know, it's still a pretty ordinary collection of songs, particularly when you compare it to what he's done in the past. But um, I, I enjoy it more than Do Not Bend. Yeah. Uh, speak, 
Speaking of which, for a, for a bonus point, can you tell me what Do Not Bend, the track, um, have, has in common with the tracks Sheer Heart Attack and Brain Salad Surgery? <laughs> Trivia question. <laughs> wow. Well, they were tracks that didn't appear on, on the album. Yeah. Oh, OK, was, yes, yes, were... yes, yes. Do not bend, you want the truth. Don't let the tidjuckers make you blue. Do not bend, you stand your ground. Don't let the spin doctors turn you around. You know, Sheer Heart Attack came out a couple of albums after its parent album and same thing with Brain Salad Surgery by... Queen and ELP, respectively. Right, yeah, yeah. of course. It's like the, the opposite of what XTC used to do, Paul, where XTC would always name the next album after a line in the previous yeah. Yeah, sort of lyric. Right. Yes, and it, it was great because it took a few albums for people to catch on to that, didn't it? It was quite yeah, fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. It took me a long time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so so I've I've kind of um, highlighted gnome sweet gnomes down by the palace and 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 viva la difference, um, be- simply because they they kind of have a little bit of an edge. It 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 really interests me that two of those songs weren't chosen for the mm. an- the anthology album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I wonder if if when Eric was approached by Cherry Red Records to put together that anthology. Maybe did he bot did he bottle out and think actually those songs are a little bit either a bit too political or a bit dated in their references? Do you think he he, he sort of fell fell he, shy? He doesn't he doesn't strike me as somebody who bottles out of song choices. Um, maybe maybe he just thought they didn't fit mm. the record. I, I, I think I like the opener, "Nun Sweet Gnomes." I think it's. Probably my favourite track. It, it really lodges in your head. It's really catchy. Quite a good, a good uh, biting lyric. I think it's. I think it's good. We are the gnomes and we are sleazy. You wanna hide your loot? We can make it easy. No questions asked. You're just a number. I did a bit, a little bit of research on it, and it seems to refer to Swiss bankers, right, um, yeah. which is a very odd uh, subject matter for a pop song, um, probably unique in that matter. But it seems to refer to to slavery, which is you know extremely topical at the moment. Well, the, 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 gnome, the, the gnomes of Zurich, so called, is a kind of uh, uh, I don't know much about this subject myself, but they, they're kind of can be regarded as legalized money launderers, mm-hmm. can't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where that's where the sort of dark underbelly of all the things they're trading in comes from. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there's a line in it, Paul, Und- underneath we're blacker than the darkness. It reminds me, kind of in a in a reverse flip side way, of a track that Kevin played us in Dublin, one of the new mm. tracks from the album, which, if I rem- remember rightly, is called... I think all skeletons are white. On the top we're white as snow If you ever look below Underneath we are blacker than the darkness We will never criticize While your people starve and die Close our eyes, we can sleep, we have no conscience There's something quite dark about what Eric's saying there 
and yeah. and I like it. I think it's um, it's edgier than anything he's written for years for me. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. I mean, I I, I prefer this album to um, to Do Not Bend. I think for a, for a few reasons. One is with songs like um, Gnome Sweet Gnomes and and Down by the Palace. There's there's sort of a welcome return of um, of the knife that's yes. kind of going into yeah. deserved kind of subject matter and. You know, and I think um, I, I'm sure some people that are expecting a more kind of easy listening record are taken mm-hmm. aback if they actually look at the lyric. So I think there's a, there's a bit more um, bit more teeth, I think, to yes. some of the songs like that. I think a, a, a couple of other tracks that I also like for different reasons. I think it, uh, we're not alone, which I, I do think works. Yeah. It's got the bluesy side of of Eric, but I, I really love the subject matter, the fact that it was written about his you know his grandson and him sort of contemplating. You know his broader place in the um, you know the universe. I think mm-hmm. it works really well as a as a song. And also, I think "Sleep at Night" that cor- I think the chorus of "Sleep at Night" I think works works really well. I mean, you've got the the verses which are a bit more in the traditional kind of meter, but I think there's a really nice hook about the um, about some of the choruses. So I think there's a lot more on this record to like. Um, I could pick a few more highlights more more readily than I can on "Do Not Bend." Yeah, We're Not Alone is really interesting. There's a, a lovely backwards intro on that one, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Um, and, and it reminds me kind of, a, a, it's got an X-Files-y sort of feel to it as well. You know, We Are Not yeah. Alone. You know, there's there's definitely an undercurrent of kind of aliens as well, yeah. a, apart from yeah. the, the themes that you've talked about. The, the best music on the album it sort of harkens back to the glory days with the way that uh, sequence builds but have you noticed it's a, the it's building and building and then it's kind of let down the music the music over what could be like a climax is a bit pedestrian mm-hmm. over the title and i think that just shows if if that song had come along quite a while before it it would have been better, you know. It starts with such early promise. And throughout all of, of Eric's solo work, we get amazing guitar work. Um, and I noticed on, on Millennium Blues, which is a, a track I don't like, I love the guitar work. And, and it reminds me of both B.B. King and uh, Carlos Santana, actually. Really, really nice, and and we, we could never fault Eric, can we? On, with very few exceptions, on his vocals or his guitar work, mm. um, he, he he's never failed uh, to deliver in in that department. And one of the things yeah. that I've 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 written 
on these later things is that this is a guy in his late 50s, early 60s. And it's, yeah, it, and, and we, and I think we have to see it in that context. How many of our heroes can we say can sing like this when they're at that age? I saw his shoulder sagging He didn't want to steal I heard a tycoon moan He screamed down the phone He missed a easy trick He missed his lunch with Mick But I was feeling yeah, let, me, let me just add my bit on this um, as Liam said, uh, I think this album is a bit better than Do Not Bend. Uh, Eric seems to be, uh, you know, mixing some of these pop uh, songs with some of the romantic ballads, and there's, you know, quirky song or two. Yeah. Uh, you know, as we've said, uh, his guitar playing is still strong and it's there, even though it takes a little bit of a backseat to the most of the production. Uh, the problem I have with this album is this loud slapping drum. <laughs> throughout the album which just seems to get under my skin uh, you know more and more but Sean as you said you know Gnomes Sweet Gnomes is a wonderful song about you know the corruption of the world and the Swiss bankers and all that uh, the other one Down by the Palace is, is very uh, moving as well you know talking about you know the monarchy and you know and Eric even questioning if the monarchy's uh, really needed. Yeah, uh, it does that. It does have that inevitable reggae riff, uh, which I wasn't you know, going to mention that, but yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, sometimes kind of ruins it a little bit for me. Yeah, but you know, uh, the the song actually that kind of sticks out for me. Uh, you know, the war not alone. I, I think it's just a song that's worthy of uh, Eric uh, Eric's talent. Uh, there's a lot of you know, it's a very heartfelt song about the possibility of contact with another life from outer space or wherever. Mm. A lot of gritty guitar, gritty guitar, gritty guitar work in it and a lot of psychedelic stuff like the backward tapes and sounds works quite well. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I would just redo the drums on it, uh, which is a shame that, um, you know, I, I think this one is not on an anthology as well, if I remember right, right? It is on anthology. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay, it is. I, it, I have it, to. Yeah, it, it's interesting for me that two of my favourite tracks, "Gnome Sweet Gnomes" and "Down by the Palace," yeah. aren't on anthology. Yeah, those are the two that are not. And yeah, you yeah. know, and, and you, you did mention that earlier, and I wonder if it's, you know, Eric maybe you know not wanting to be very political in this day and age, yeah. or yeah. White people, you know, that, playing safe uh, perhaps, or, or or going with a, an album cons concept that flows in a. Yeah. In an easy way, you know, without yeah. any kind of um, any jarring bumps. Yeah, compared compared, you know, going back and listening to this again after not listening to it for a couple of years, uh, compared to Do Not Bend, I don't like this album as much as I like Do Not Bend now. Um, some of it just kind of plods along a little bit too much, and even the song uh, "A Friend," you know, "Friends Like These." Mm. Uh, you know, it's kind of a rewrite of the song on Do Not Bend as well about, you know, the one that's called uh, A Friend in Need. It, it's just kind of a rewrite of that in kind of a sideways way. Yeah, to be honest, Panny, Eric yeah. there is using exactly that 
that melody and that vocal meter that he's yeah. used for years and years and years and years. It's kind of like become a, a real trope. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think all in all, uh, you know, Eric, you know, the, these, these two solo albums, you know, these last two that we've talked about, you know, there are some highlights on them as we've discussed, but I think it still kind of applies to Eric, that same role that he really needs somebody to work with and yeah. to bounce the ideas off and to make some adjustments to some of the ideas that he has, which would make him a lot better. Um, but if Eric, you know, wants to, you know, go solo and do it all on his own, who am I to tell him not to do that or who are we to tell him, you know? Exactly. And that's, yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote and engineered I'm Not In Love. And, uh, and, and therefore, um, I can win any argument in a pub. <laughs> However, uh, it's interesting when you hear uh, Eric remixing so many of his solo tracks on the anthology album. And, uh, and, and maybe, maybe, gents, uh, I can do a little... I can go down into my Blint's hole and do a, a little bit of audio comparison on some of the tracks. Suffice to say that for me, anthology is uh, a case in point of of the danger of home recording, and, and I don't say that lightly. I, I've been doing it for many years, and using a- actually the same technology as Eric's been using, Logic on a Mac. For me, anthology smacks of exactly the disease that happens uh, when you, you're faced with. A music program that has gives you infinite possibilities, infinite numbers of effects and instruments, and volume adjustments and EQ. The fact that he can go in and and revisit Doris the Florist, for example, and ruin it. Yeah, and and think, oh, I know that drum part sounds just a little bit too normal. I'm gonna beef it up, and I'm gonna replace it. Or he'll look at uh, make the pieces fit and think, do you know what? There's not nearly enough reverb on that. So the first time we heard it on the girls' album, it was dry. Didn't like that. It came out on the next album. I added a bit more reverb. Do you know what? I'm going to add even more reverb on this one. Trying to get it right. It's such a mystery. Like strangers in the night. With the ritual, it's the 2000s now, and the modern idiom is that vocals should be much louder. So I know I'm going to make my my lead vocal much louder on this version and I'm going to bring the backing track much quieter and of course um, like our friend Nigel was saying in an email recently the remix of the ritual is so much weaker because you lose the power of that backing track which has lots of interesting things happening where Eric's putting the lead vocal kind of really up front
And I, I, I think anthology, uh, even though it's nice to have Eric's stuff all in one place, is an exercise in in the dangers of home recording, in that you've you've just got an infinite number of choices in front of you. Um, so unlike the 70s, where you had 16 tracks and you had four milliseconds to decide what you were going to stick on tape. There were three other guys in the studio saying, no, I think we should do this. And so Eric would very quickly, with, with Pete Tattersall, would say, right, OK, let's add some reverb to that. Let's do the EQ. Right. They, they did plan things so beautifully back in yeah. the days. With home recording, you've got this double-edged sword having the liberty and the time and the opportunity to manipulate sound and not worry about the sound that you're recording because you can manipulate it afterwards. You can yeah. fix it in the mix. And, and for me, Anthology is, is the perfect example of someone fixing something in the mix. I couldn't have said it better, Sean. And I mean, uh, anthology is a good compilation of all the Eric stuff, to, you know, to have in one place. But uh, it's not, you know, I'd rather go back to the original mixes and the original albums if I yeah. have to listen to the stuff, I especially know. the fruity, the fruity Rudy stuff, which I would guess was recorded mostly on analog. Yes. Uh, and and you know, the the original mix has such a warmer. Uh, fuller sound than you know some of the remixes that he's done. Yeah, I mean it's one thing to go back to multi tracks and remix them using the same sounds and adding a little bit of echo here or something to make the balance better, but it's a different thing to go in with the technology and add a different different drum sound or add a different guitar sound or take a sound that exists and tweaking it so it yeah. sounds completely different. It's kind of a double edged sword, like you said, you know, in in the key to making it work is knowing when to stop or knowing when to just leave something the fuck alone uh, <laughs> i couldn't Eric, agree more almost yeah. the, the illustration of this is yvonne's the one uh yeah. where we I, I think i was raving about it on the mirror mirror podcast because i think it's a wonderful recording you've got eric's voice almost completely dry yeah and and it feels like eric's in your ear it, it's warm it's sincere it's honest it's powerful and yet, yeah. on Anthology, he's added all, all this kind of Agnetta Fultzog reverb to it, which completely takes it a, 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 into a, a distant space that makes it not immediate, and and it doesn't communicate with you. It doesn't. It's not there. Yeah. And and I think it completely fails. And and I think Eric does that a lot on Anthology. And I, I respect the fact that he's. He's gone back and, and made his own decisions on these mixes, but I think largely his production decisions have been made because he's had the time many, many years to go over these uh, multi-track recordings and tweak. And uh, right. as, as, as a mixer, a musician, as a lover of Logic Pro, I can tell you that tweaking is the enemy of creation. <laughs> well, you, you know what, Sean, we've as listeners and we've dodged several rubber bullets because uh, because Eric 
either because he wasn't allowed to or maybe had the restraint himself not to do it. He, he never got his hands on, on the 10TC cannon. Mm. So let be great. He, he never went back and remixed any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, I hope he never does. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, when I when I think about you know, let's say anthology, I, I think it it's a bit of a a wasted opportunity in a sense because I think when you look across Eric's solo albums, I think there are great tracks on all of them, and I actually think maybe less is more would have been good. Uh, you know, a stronger single CD may have been mm. a, a better option, but I think when I look back across the four albums with songs like Girls, Warm, 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 Make the Pieces Fit, The Ritual. Uh, Doris the Florist, Friend in Need, Sleeping with the Ghosts, We're Not Alone. You know, there, there's, there is a, uh, at the heart of all these albums are still some 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 great tracks. And I think, that, that, you know, with the fact that Fruity Rooters and Girls are still, have never had a an official CD release, mm, yeah. you know, I, w- I think it would have been a great opportunity to, to actually make some of those mixes of the stronger tracks uh, available, you know, to fans for the first time. Because I think when you hear some of those songs on on the girls album fruity which is on cd you know with a good transfer mm. um you know you hear them quite differently so so i i i look at that body of work you know i think there's a collection of you know 15 16 songs across the the four albums plus you add in things like uh songs that i like perhaps you know you're less keen on things like code of silence from from the, the more solo compositions and piece those together i think a, a strong single album of the original mixes would have been a really good way to uh, to put it together but i think yeah it's been really interesting talking about you know i think the great thing about eric we talked about the voice you know he's consistent across everything you know that wonderful wonderful voice great guitar playing across you know all the albums and i think we've touched upon you know there aren't many people with the the set of skills that eric has has given us over the years whether it's the production to you know to writing with people like you know mccartney and helping to create some of those great vocal performances and things like take take it away you know it's an incredible career yes um an incredible body of work and i think those last two albums you know we've got to say you know eric's doing them predominantly for his own benefit you know doing it you know making music that he wants to make and i think we know that all respect um you know him for doing that so that that's how i'd kind of say i'll sum it up beautifully said yeah I, i couldn't possibly add to that liam to be honest Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I can't add either to Liam or to Sean's summing up of it, and, and perhaps Matt not add to my summing up of Sean's summing up. <laughs> well, to sum up, um, <laughs> gents. Yes, there is. Th- thanks so much. It's been it's been a long. Uh, and dutiful pleasure tonight, chaps. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, we, we've we've earned a good night's sleep, or in 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 Panny's case, yeah. a, a nice day in the office. After <laughs> yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much, and um, gents. Uh, hopefully, we'll talk really soon. Um, everyone, take care and uh, love you, chaps. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah, bye, bye. 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 See ya. Cheers. We got people living in boxes down by the pad. I don't like this bed. I know we got people living in boxes down by the pad. I don't like this bed.
You've been listening to The Consequences Podcast, produced by Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy. Thanks for listening.